You are now listening to a member of the Disney Podcast family. Head over to Disney Podcast family on Instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great Disney podcasts. You are listening to The Mando Show, a weekly podcast and review of Disney Plus's The Mandalorian. This week we finish up our watch of The Bad Batch with the season finale, Camino Long. Welcome back, everybody, to the Mando Show. Man, I'm going to say it right off the bat. Last episode, awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, so before we dive into it, let's get to the intros. To the left of me is... Uh, Udi Alvarado, Star Wars fan and podcaster. And across the table from me is the one, the only... Five Show Joe, an apologetic Star Wars fan and fellow podcaster. Yay. And to the right of me, the most important member of the group. Chad, the resident Mandalorian. Hi, Chad. Hello. hello Hi, hello, Chad. Hello. Thanks, thanks for being here, buddy. I appreciate you. <laughs> All right. So, Camino Lost. And you are? Yeah. Oh, yeah, me. Yeah, whatever. I'm Derek. <laughs> <laughs> I talk to you sometimes. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, Derek Alvarado, father of two tattoo artists and Star Wars fan for life. So even though I know I haven't really sounded like one <laughs> much lately, but even still, I am. And uh, I am glad to see that uh, even for, I guess, technically the depressing episode that uh, season ended on, it was very well done, I thought. What about you, Udi? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, the tone of that is is what I like in a uh, series or a season finale. You are left in a very somber mood um, because you don't know where we're going to go. And having that question is, you know, the hook to get you going for the next one. But yet, I think it did a good job of um, of <laughs> with Camino going, you know, Camino going underwater. That was pretty big for a uh, Star Wars fan. We've had clones and the Kaminoans around Kaminoans around for a while and now that is all gone. So all of these emotional plays were done really well. Same thing with Hunter and Crosshair and translating over to Omega and then Crosshair. And so it was it was well done. I really enjoyed it. Without going too much further into it. <laughs> what about you, Chad? What'd you think? I didn't like it. Okay. How come? I feel like it left off where we were the rest of the season. There's no real answers. There's no direction. We still have... It was kind of like this entire season was a dream sequence, and we're back to episode one just with less Camino. <laughs> Even with the fact that they now know that Crosshair is not under the influence of any kind of chips. Yeah. That he's chosen this all by himself. Which makes... His decision in the end of this episode seems so much more worthless because, like, the Empire just tried to kill you. They don't care about you coming back. But he was still like, nope, I'm going back. I'm like, why? Yeah, that that was the interesting question. But I think maybe his um, 
he couldn't detach his sense of duty. You know what I mean? Like he so ingrained because again it came up the soldiers follow orders kind of mantra mm-hmm. was brought up again, and I think that helped highlight really where he is mentally. Like he will, he can't. Like he couldn't break it. Like the rest of them could break that and and pull away from that, and he just couldn't. That 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 is how I kind of feel. Like he cannot break that attachment to that cause, that order, that whatever, however you want to put it. So, well, at one point in the episode, Tech did call him what is it, um, severe and unrelenting, mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah, and that he has always been so, that way. Yeah. <laughs> so I I think that makes sense. Anyway, all right, Joe, what do you think? I agree with all of you guys. <laughs> um, this kind of went back to like when we were. I'm, I'm just going to rewind to like uh, certain Mandalorian episodes, but we're like, oh, we we know it's going to happen, and what we figure would happen at times happened, but the way it happened happened a lot cooler than what we were expecting. So we knew they were going to escape, but just the obstacles they had to deal with to get back were pretty cool. Um, I, I see where all you guys are saying and, and Jad about you know we're still kind of at that you know nowhere spot, but. I don't know. I just thought the animation, as great as it's been all season, was top notch. Especially you know all the underwater crashing uh, action, um, all that stuff. The the uh, it was pretty intense on on certain scenes. <clears throat> um, but even even the scenes like you know big kid, big kid uh, wrecker was like, you didn't even try. Mm-hmm. You know we would have taken you back. And he's like, oh. Poor little teddy bear, you know, just yeah. And then the retort by like, "What it have something on your tiny mind?" I'm yeah. like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah. always with the digs." But mm-hmm. no, I, I enjoyed this episode. Uh, I enjoyed the last three. Um, I felt like these were definitely the best of the season. And I felt weird last week saying how, you know, as much as we love Star Wars, and you know, oh, you know, Mandalorian should have been four, you know, more episodes. But this was, in my opinion, a little too long of a season. Um, there, there was. A lot of filler. I hate, I hate saying filler. I know we all hate saying filler, but there was a lot of filler episodes. But um, it did give me uh, hope for a great or a, a better season two. And um, but it's funny because I don't know if you guys saw the the uh, season one poster released after it came out. It had all the characters that like showed up, and I was like, dude. The, uh, the the post and everybody's like, oh, this is a, such a great poster. Has all look look what look what uh, Bad Batch gave us, and I'm looking at, and it had all the characters above them than below. I'm like, yeah, it has all these characters that we knew that were more interesting <laughs> than the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. Even though, like I said, when we we were introduced to them uh, in season seven, I mean, I was like, okay, this show is going to be cool. But then, yeah, but but anyways, we're on the onto this episode. I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. Well. I thought the way they handled everything was actually pretty cool myself. Um, I get what Chad's saying as far as doesn't seem like there's a lot, but to me, I am going to have to disagree. I think that they had <laughs> some... What? What's so funny? I'm laughing at Chad's reaction, that's all. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I, I agree with that, but I have one more point that I'd like to make before you give final judgment. Okay, that's fine. Go ahead. Is Omega important or isn't she? Mm. The finale leaves me feeling like she's not. It feels like the story of the importance of Omega is now out the window. I feel like she was important to the Kaminoans. And perhaps the Empire didn't realize what she was yet. Um, maybe with all the... Because they took all of uh, 
Nalise's, it was Nalise, right? Mm-hmm. Her, all her research. So she's going to be in there somewhere and she's not working alone, you know? So they're going to have, I feel some, or it would make sense to me that the, some Imperial scientist runs across something about Omega and sees the importance of her in the process. Um, so I don't know. It might come back around to that, but as far as, the people who did think she was important, you're right. They're all toast now. So, fish food. Yeah. Okay. So, can I keep going? Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, I was just checking with Chad. If that was the only thing. All right. So, I feel that the dialogue that they had between Crosshair and the rest of the guys uh, left no stone really unturned. They all tried, except for, you know, who is. Quiet this entire time. Echo. Did mm-hmm. anybody hear Echo say a single yeah, word? Yeah, like two lines. Yep. Okay. He was like John Cena and Drax in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yep. Where was Just he? Very quiet yeah. in the background. Yeah, yeah, I think he only really said anything at the very end as they're like getting in the Marauder. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember that part, and I just rewatched it. Anyway, uh, but everybody had their moment to talk to Crosshair. And try and sway him one way or the other. So the the thing that they didn't get to do when they all ran was to just talk to him. And without the illusion of him being under the influence of the inhibitor chip. So they now know without a doubt that he is doing what he's doing from his own free will. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big step in how they're going to, what they're going to do and how they're going to treat him. You know, they're not going to go guns blazing at him, but they're definitely not going to trust him. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I completely agree. It, it, it is a fundamental change in their overall relationship. And I mean, we knew that before, but I think this really deepens that divide. Yeah, I think Hunter, I mean, he's already kind of, I don't say given up on him, but he's like, you know, do what you want. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we aren't going to leave you here, but you do what you want. We don't care. And he was like the first one to walk away like a couple times. Yeah. Well, he's he was with Crosshair the longest. I mean, he got well, kidnapped by him and all that. So he yeah. pretty much was done saying whatever he was going to say. So, um, so I do feel like there was some forward progress with that. Um, the fact that Camino, all the things, uh, the city, everything was destroyed. Um, I mean, that's a to me that's a big thing. That's like an Alderaan getting blown up. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, Udi uh, it just said that, you know, Camino had been around. How long has Camino been in Star Wars? About 20 universe? years now. Yep. Yeah. We're, we're almost at 20 years for the Attack of the Clones. Yep. Actually, we are, aren't we? This year was 20 years or next year? Next year. Next year. 22. Next year? Yeah. Yeah. Because it came out in 02. Yep. So, you know, and while they were doing their running, I mean, we did see some pretty key spots um, inside the facility that we were, we were very much used to seeing just being destroyed. So, you know, if you have any particular fondness for Camino and the clones and just that whole era, which I think there's a lot of people out there that do, you know, that mm-hmm. probably tugged at some heartstrings to see that getting destroyed. Yeah. It, one thing that was kind of funny too, like as long as we've seen like from clone wars and the movies and, and even the earlier in this season, every time we see Camino, it's just super hurricane storms outside. But the, the second they need to get back to their ship and they go up in the, the air site, the, the tubes, then they make it to the top. It's all nice and calm, and they just paddle. I thought it was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. That's just me nitpicking, though. But well, they already left. Oh, I know. But it wasn't as, every time we've seen Camino. It's been super stormy, except that that scene at that time. Right. 
when they need it not to be. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they get a respite. It just happens. Magic of Hollywood. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and rewind all the way to the front, the beginning of the episode. We It took off right where it left off, which was those turbo lasers <laughs> just raining fire down on Camino. Man. Talk about an intense scene. Yeah. Did you guys think that was as intense as I did, or could it have been more? I mean. No, I thought it was cool. I mean, the way it ended was cool. Then just having a couple different angles was cool. And I always think, you know, when they're done firing, I always think it's cool seeing, like, giant ships like those. Just like, all right, we're turning out. You know, just the visuals of that were super, super neat. But, yeah, I thought, no, I thought, yeah, it it was awesome. Yeah. I agree. I agree totally. The the intensity of everything that, you know, we, we kind of figured that they would try to find their way out through tunnels and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And we kind of, I mean, they, they um, telegraphed it before, but that didn't really take away because of the back and forth with, um, you know, making the decision to save Crosshair and then, you know, Omega being Omega going after, um, I forgot the droid's name. Easy. A- yeah. And then, and then having that moment of um, crosshair saving both of them, and 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 there are a lot of moments in there again that were really intense. So yeah, I agree with you completely. It was a lot of a lot of things like that. Yeah, watching that that turbo fire coming down was yep. was, and it was well done too. I think mm-hmm. um, the visuals were very yeah. very impressive and gave you a very gut wrenching idea of what it's like the kind of destruction that rains down when they when they go and do that um which explains why so many people were afraid of the empire right when they come over with their star destroyers and just start turbo lasing lasering mm-hmm. aggressive negotiations crowd. yeah i guess no, that's, no, never no mind. that was a negotiation i just so. felt like saying that okay so, um, and then the scene where they find themselves actually still alive. I mean, the, the explosions that happened, the blocking, I think they did everything really well as far as the music goes, the sound effect. I am particularly fond of when an explosion happens and all this loud sounds that are around go quiet. And then you hear that ringing. I know it's been done a bunch of times mm-hmm. in a bunch of different movies. Um, but I like it. I think it's super cool. Uh, for some reason, it just strikes a, ner- uh, a chord with me every time I see that. Not that I've ever been in an explosion, so I wouldn't know what it's really like, of course. Um, but the disorientation of it, I think it comes across really well when they do that that with the sounds and stuff like that. So, um, And then to have them split with the, uh, the, the entire team got split up with the doors there. And, you know, that struggle. Um, Omega just doesn't quit. <laughs> She just she just tries to save everybody all the time. I I don't know if this is going to be something that she just continues to do moving on. I don't know. What do you guys? How do you guys feel about that? The fact that she's just constantly trying to save everybody. Her downfall. You know, I I don't know how to take that because there are moments where I get annoyed by it, um, and I don't know if it's annoying because how she goes about it. Or is it because the rest of the people just kind of go along with it? And even and even Crosshair, um, he he says what she's making the call or calling the shots now. And at that moment when that came across, I'm like, 
I feel you, Crosshair, because I, 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 I'm kind of annoyed how she's always the one going, we got to save everybody. But she is older. I know. I like how Tech busted out with that. Yeah. With the whole, she's technically older than all of us. So. Yeah, and then he countered that. But, you know, at one point in time, you, it, 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 I don't know, Joey, I think no, I maybe, maybe, but I think maybe there is going to become a point where she's going to have to learn. And maybe right now, maybe she's beginning to learn that with how Crosshair left, like, Hey, you can't save everybody. You may want to, and sometimes people don't want to be air quote saved. So I don't know if it's going to become a further arc as season two rolls around. Her having to learn that just because she wants to save everybody doesn't mean she can't. I I think a good episode would be her having that lesson where she actually loses somebody, yeah. even though she tried. And I think that could be a powerful statement. But yeah, I I think we're gonna. I think we're going to have a lot more of it, and uh, and I, I I don't know. I think it's it, they they did it so much. I feel like it is a a point of a plot a further plot device or something to drive the character uh, further in like maturity. a maturity point. Yeah. Now, right when you said that, I was thinking like the beginnings of the Incredibles <laughs> when the guy was trying to sue him. I was like he didn't want to be saved, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> but um, not the <clears throat> the only thing I really thought of is all season. I don't know why. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I, I just thought her hair looked weird, and this has nothing to do with anything. But uh, but the last like three episodes, it's like they really focus. Maybe I feel like the animators were like, hey, yeah, her hair looks kind of weird. Let's uh, get it wet every time to change it, up, change up the style. I was just thinking that when she was trying to save a crosshair, has nothing to do with anything. But basically, I just I don't know. But I agree with you. No, it, yeah, there's there's going to be a maturity point where she can't save everybody, but it's going to have to be her call. So. Mm -hmm. Well, moving on with the uh, rest of their sh mad scramble out of under the water, um, it was interesting to see how they figured their way through. Um, there was one thing in particular that I noticed w to help make Camino seem even more lifeless, not just having no any lights. I don't know if you guys noticed that they changed the color palette of all the inside uh, um buildings the tiles everything was a gray or mm -hmm. a dark gray it wasn't bright anymore it wasn't white it was like even when they shined a light on it it was still dark gray so i thought that was an interesting thing they did to to show that the place is dead it's dead yeah and even the point that gets brought up when they go and uh they're running and they find the only good place to kind of wait or, or to figure out where they're going to go was their barracks i thought that was kind of cool it was a cool little touch because, yeah, again, showing the, the downfall of Camino and everything they went through and kind of adding that what was it all worth kind of thing. Uh, it was very good. Yeah, and the color palette being changed to that gray made everything infinitely more gloomy. Go figure. So um, I thought it was interesting how AZ pretty much saved them all like a couple times, right? I don't think they would have gotten out of there without him. Yeah, because uh, after Tech found the, the prop, the right uh, where the the main housing landed on top of the the tube, basically the the mm -hmm. transfer tube, uh, they were able to find where Az said, "Well, with a proper welding, the pressure would stay," and that was like the only way that they would have survived it, basically. And he found it, so and yep. powering up it when they got attacked by the the bigger fish, right? That big creature thing mm -hmm. while they were running down there. Yep. I thought it was all very well executed. You know, maybe uh, some of us don't like the story so much, but I thought the uh, 
the animation and the the pacing was pretty good. I didn't feel I didn't feel bored at any point. You know, I thought it all moved around at a pretty moved at a pretty good clip. Yep, um, there was something happening. Um, I didn't think there was a whole lot of, if any, conversation that was wasted at all. And um, yeah, it was enjoyable to watch them, you know, escape and see how many close calls they had, and they still made it out. So yeah, w- one thing I really liked too, and um, is you know, I'm a big fan of Kevin Kiner, the composer of Clone Wars and the show. And um, Udi's heard this on uh, we, another podcast. We've talked about the uh, the um, soundtrack show, like, but like when they decide when not to use the music, mm-hmm. and how how impact that that even is. And they, there was a lot of that in this episode, probably the most of the season. Where as good as the music has been all year, it was like the right call not to use it as they're trying to escape certain scenes, and it, it really brought you more into the uh, intensity of the scenes that they were they're bringing out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the music doesn't need to guide you or help you feel yeah. in a certain way. So, yeah, the, the use of, or the non-use of music, uh, you're right, Joe. I noticed that that, that it pulled you in. And, and I love it when they do that. Whenever yeah. um, a, directing, a directing and editing crew and um, team get that right, it is amazing. And, and it's subtle, and a lot of people kind of can miss that and do miss that mm-hmm. um but when it hits yeah you have those uh, nothing is better than having you know having an emotional reaction and not un- really understanding why and yeah. then you can dissect it later and go like oh the music was here that happened and then you can kind of understand why you felt but having that raw emotion is like it, it's great yeah and that just shows how high quality and cinematic uh even even animated or but just all the tv shows lucasfilm's putting out and you know something that does make you know, we, we we kind of crapped on the show throughout the season, but it is still high quality. It is still Star Wars. It is still Lucasfilm, and they do when they hit, they hit hard uh, on the on the positive stuff. And that that's one thing I really caught on in this episode was the the non use of the music, but it which to me made it that episode that much better or that much greater. Chad, how do you feel about all the uh, close call escapes that they had while they're getting out of there? Was that at least entertaining for you to watch that or? I mean, I knew they were all going to get out, so. You never had a moment of like, uh-oh? No. <laughs> well, they should have never <laughs> announced season two. Was yeah, that that, yeah. that was a fail. <laughs> that doesn't help any for sure. Yeah, that was a fail. They should have had the. Uh, I thought the maybe end. the droid would, would go because that's like the one disposable character of the bunch. But no, they couldn't even do that. <laughs> well, but as Dave in. Filoni says, you always end Star Wars on hope. <laughs> yep, but that that was a cool scene because you know uh, Crosshair had his rifle pointed at Hunter, mm-hmm. then goes and it's the harpoon gets gets rescues Omega and and the droid and pulls up and looks up and all the other batch have they're they're just locked mm-hmm. in on him like oh okay. I mean that whole saying I had my heart will go on by Celine Dion playing <laughs> in my head. <laughs> He just starts floating to or sinking towards the bottom. Near, don't let go, Omega. Don't let go. <laughs> you are. Oh man, now I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I haven't cried that much since Titanic. Wow. <laughs> All right. I didn't even think of any of that because I <laughs> never watched that movie. So. Yeah, has it been a minute since I've seen that movie. Yeah. Don't let never. go, AZ. <laughs> never watched it. Never, ever. Oh, Nor geez. will I. 
<laughs> All right. Well, I thought it was a little poignant at the very end there where they were showing uh, Omega just staring at where the uh, city had been, where it's just smoke coming out of the water now. Um, you know, I can only imagine <laughs> bom, the, the types bom, of thoughts bom, that go through. Bom, bom. Sorry. I'm like, smoke on the water. Okay, sorry. You done? Empire in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> now done? we're done. Udi, you want to add anything to that one? No, I'm good. They they got it. Okay. Anyway, um, I thought she was sitting there thinking about the fact that she didn't want to come back, and now she can't. You know, mm. that, that whole uh, you can never go home thing. Mm-hmm. But home's know. always there. Yeah, then now it's not. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, that's pretty deep. Thanks. Deep so. cuts with Derek. Uh, <laughs> let me try. I'm, I'm in touch with my emotions. I know I don't look like I am, but... But you don't watch Titanic. I will not watch that crappy movie. Thank you very much. All right. Anyway. um, So I thought that was interesting. I mean, if you wanted to... I mean, obviously she had, as a character, would have thoughts, you know, that that's my home. That was the only place I... That's where I grew up. I mean, that's a hard thing for anybody, I think. Doesn't matter what, what age is. If that's the only thing you've known, even if you were out, you know, tripping across the galaxy... And even though you say you didn't want to be there, it was still that little bit of security knowing that that place is still there. But now it's not. They're completely untethered now. So unless they go back to what's her nuts. Oh, Sid. Mm. Sid. (sighs) Hopefully the Empire will come over to that city and blow it up too and make it fall into that giant hole that's underneath it. And then we can be done with that. (laughs) Sadly, we know that doesn't happen because... Mm. And Empire Hansel says, "Oh, ran into that bounty hunter and Ord Mandel changed yep. my mind." Ord Mandel. Maybe Sid is a bounty hunter. No, <laughs> Sid is not a bounty hunter. Well, she learned from the Bad Batch. Maybe. Fennec Shen. Nope. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Sorry. Nah. I'd be shocked. I did eleven. Dude, you're now you're reaching. I know. I'm kidding. I'm totally Just kidding. Just stop. Just stop. It's a joke. Just stop. <laughs> anyway, so. Um, <laughs> You know, and watching watching that, and then watching the very last little bit of it, uh, where Nalise was indeed yeah. taken off planet, was saved, and that's where the Emperor gets his whole, all his cloning stuff from. Mm, you, yeah, you know, where did they take Nalise? Who? Nalise, yeah, yeah. Good question. They don't really. You don't know. I mean, you're landing on a base, a shuttle's arriving, and that is a secret imperial base hidden within a mountain range. Mm -hmm. Anybody? It's it's very lively, but is it something we see dead in the future? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. What are you hinting at, Chad? Oh, I know what it is. What is it? Mount Tantus from Timothy Zahn's Grand Admiral Thrawn trilogy. Oh, dude, don't even get me going, because you know the rumor mill going, right? That they're, they're, it's coming. That Favreau and Filoni are like, yeah, let's bring it. So anyway. Okay. Seeds maybe planting. That'll be good. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, well anyway. I got a quick question. Yeah. Do, how is Crosshair really going to get a hold of the Empire on just a platform? He's not. They, uh, the scouts come around. They said it in dialogue. They said, we got to get out of here before the Imperial Scouts oh, come. That's right. Why are scouts coming? The Empire already left. What, what, Double what check. Uh, clean up crew? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Are they all dead? Yeah, they're dead. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. 
I'm just too much Disney Plus. You say clean up crew. I was thinking of the two monsters from Monsters. Hey, you can't do that. <laughs> oh, Mr. Foley. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah, those two guys are going to show up in a tie bomber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're supposed to drop the bomb on that guy. It's going to, it's going to be the uh, two stormtroopers are like, hey, have you seen the model uh, T-42? I know, right? Out? And they're going to have like one of the stormtrooper helmets kind of halfway on their head. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible, terrible, terrible. All right. Anyway, um, well, I feel that this episode was very well done overall. I enjoyed it. Um, it was probably my second favorite one. I think Finnick and, and uh, Cad Bane's fight on the old Kaminoan uh, facility was my favorite episode. Um, I'm agreeing this, with you on that. Yeah. Yeah, but I think this one's my second favorite one. I just, I just really like the pacing of it all. Um, the visuals of it, and I feel that it kind of zipped up a couple things, even though Chad doesn't. So that's my general feeling on this final episode of season one of The Bad Batch. What about you, Udi? Uh, yeah, I mean that that I I, I agree with you. Um, we got a, a fairly decent um, end to this arc. Uh, seeing the end of Camino. Uh, of Camino and I mean, the cloning labs was uh, pretty eventful. Um, probably the most event, one of the most eventful um, event or the events, one of the biggest events in in uh, the show, and also for for the general Star Wars timeline. It's a pretty big thing. Um, overall, I wouldn't rank it like as high as you, Derek, as far as my favorability scale. It's a little bit lower. Um, that being said, I can't really tell you what my favorite one would be, but I just, I liked it, but I wasn't like one of my favorites. It was, it was up there because we only have like maybe four that we can find to really dig out where we're really like, that was cool. Um, but it was definitely in the top five for me. Yeah. Joey. Yes. How'd you feel about this episode <laughs> overall? The finale of the, um, I, I really did like it. Like I said, um, we spent majority of the season kind of downplaying the season and kind of like our expectations but it did get me interested to see more and what we're going to get and i just hope you know we get a more uh i'm trying to think of a word but a more just regular uh vision like chad would say uh of where we're going to go in the future and um i hope i really as much as i love seeing familiar characters uh i i hope we kind of just focus on the bad batch and not trying to bring back so many, but I, I think it was, it was definitely in the, in the top top five of the season for me. It, it was a definitely good ending, a good season finale. And, and it has me wanting more. Okay. And you got, you have a good point on the hope they stop trying to bring in uh, old characters mm -hmm. to tie them in. I, I do hope they stop doing that and just let that these guys be themselves. I mean, maybe one or two in an entire season's okay, but yeah, they had way too many. To a certain point, they ne almost need someone every episode just so it's not D. Bradley Baker talking to himself the entire time. <laughs> yeah, like, you need that other voice of <laughs> non-psychotic. Steven Stanton. Yeah. You know, there's so many voices out there. No, when, when we mentioned that last last week, last episode, uh, and we were talking about how we want to see, like, a behind the scenes of just D. Bradley Baker, and you mm -hmm. mentioned Omega, and, you know, I, and I pictured the Brady Bunch like opening, so you have the girl doing the voice for Omega in the middle, then you have all the different D. Bradley Bakers all around her. I thought that'd be sweet. They that'd should be do good. That. that would be funny. Yeah. 
Okay, Chad. Your synopsis of the final episode. It was a final episode. <laughs> and I thought that it continued the theme of the season of having great visuals and cinematography when it comes to the deconstruction of the Clone Wars. Um, I think one of the other scenes that I was most impressed of in this season was in the droid factory where they're decommissioning the old uh, Confederate droids. Mm. I thought that was an amazing visual, the deconstruction kind of putting, you know, a nice little bow on the end of the of the droid army. And then in this episode, seeing the um, the cloning chamber fill up with water as Camino sank and the destruction of that. I thought it was another great visualization um, and design that showed the deconstruction of the cloning facilities. Um, and we didn't get as much of the Empire as I would like because, I don't know, they're just more interesting. They have cooler equipment, cooler ships. I just want to see it. Um, <laughs> but I still, I kind of think that the episode did what it, or the season did what it set out to show, which was the deconstruction of the Clone Wars in general. And, like, now we see the Empire where they're at, where they have clone trooper or sorry stormtroopers the conscript uh conscribed army um maybe next season instead of those old clone wars venator star destroyers they'll be in regular star destroyers um so i'm excited to see where we go in the next season but i would appreciate much less filler i, f I felt like it was too much or the season was too long and the main story just wasn't strong enough to carry it through the filler episodes for me okay all good points chad yeah, that's why you're here. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, um, the entire... Do we want to go over the entire season now, guys? Do you want to just give it thumbs up or thumbs down? Do we want to... I think everyone kind of... Anybody who's been listening to us knows how we kind of feel about <laughs> the entire thing. Yeah. I mean, in general, we're glad that there's more Star Wars. We're not entirely happy on how they handle it all, and uh, we would prefer quality instead of quantity, right? Mm -hmm. Well, instead of like a kind of like a thumbs up, down, I, I would give it like just on the grading scale, I'd probably give it like a solid C, C plus maybe. Yeah, I, I'm with you on, on that, Joe. Okay. Yeah. New Star Wars is always good Star Wars. I'm just probably never going to rewatch it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the rewatchability is nothing like, I mean, what was I watching right before you guys got here? Uh, season finale of... of uh, Season two of Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm on like, I don't know, watch a billion of that thing. Mm -hmm. um, and, it, and it always hits. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with, you, uh, with you, Joe. C plus, I mean, you have the moments of, of where um, you're connecting and you're enjoying, but it wasn't enough. Yeah, a lot of it wasn't strong enough to carry uh, uh, 16 episodes, I don't think. Yeah. Um, I think we've all... Um, we all come, we all agree that it could have been much shorter. It could have been a, a eight or ten even, and we, we would have been fine. Uh, probably would have hit with more drive and more punch um, as we go along. Um, but that being said, I think um, uh, to Chad's point is that now we're at a point where they they've moved us forward in the timeline. And now maybe, you know, guys like us who are, uh, you know, brought in by, by the OG um, – or the OT, if you want to put it that way, you know, we're going to connect a little bit deeper at a deeper level now because we're going to start making those ties a little, or they're going to become a little bit more real. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, um, overall, good show. Um, but, yeah, there, there are many critiques, and maybe I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with this, too, maybe the thought process being this is 
one of the first episodes that we've gotten without like uh, Filoni like directly putting his hands in there. And I think maybe and we we can we all noticed that. I think we all noticed that and felt could feel that kind Early. of removal. And um, what well, well, I'm I'm hoping this is just a a, a learning exercise too that they're. Everybody in the writer room, everybody creating that series is like they're they got to grow and learn. So I'm going to go back to what I said prior about the Clone Wars and how the first season of Clone Wars was rough, but as it progressed, you could feel everything developing. Not you know, animators, writers, directors, all that improved. And I'm I'm hoping I'm kind of putting that that positive outlook that mm-hmm. that this is what we're going to get if they continue. I don't know how much further they're going to go with this series, but. Um, I'm hoping that they will continue to develop and get better in their craft. As I think that's do a, I. a really good point to bring up. I think because we're so used to the Clone Wars and the multiple seasons and Rebels and Resistance that we just assume that this group of animators who came together to make Bad Batch is this senior crew who's going to have everything dialed in. But that's not true at all. This is an entirely new group to an entirely new show. And they have to work out the kinks the same way that each of those other shows had their trials and tribulations in their first episodes and first seasons. Um, so, you know, that is something to look forward to in the next season to see what they come together and refine and um, give us more new Star Wars. Yeah, technical quality. I, I will give this season, though, a, a strong mm-hmm. A. Oh, yeah. Certainly we're not lacking. In, yeah, in that. those guys are on their game, so... Yeah, visuals, sound effects, music, everything was top notch yeah, for sure. Yeah. So this shows how important story is to yeah. to everything. Yeah. And really we've heard is. that from Favreau and Filoni and Abrams and Lucas. It it's all about the story. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Yeah, I think uh I'm I'm not gonna watch this episode or season one again. I know I'm not gonna do that. Um I don't feel like it was a complete waste of my time though, so I am glad I at least have that bit of star wars canon in my mind and uh that way if there's anything that ties into it later on in a different show at least it's there for me to connect those dots and that that's probably about the best thing i can take away from this first uh season of bad batch you know now that you mentioned that i i so i never watched rebels when it first aired i only watched it after the fact and when i was done i was really glad that i watched it because i was like i can't believe how much i was missing that Mm -hmm. makes the movie so much richer and deeper um, and have much so much more meaning to it but i don't get that feeling from this first season i feel like if i never watched it i wouldn't be missing anything mm-hmm. well, only time will tell we'll yeah. see we, we got a lot of star wars coming our way though so yes we do and uh when is season two supposed to be coming out they haven't announced no, it yet okay. so i would assume about this the same time next year if mm-hmm. they're already moving that far ahead or Mm. which usually with animation they do they they probably already started so yeah. yeah yeah all right so barring anything else you guys want to say about bad batch season one i think that's a wrap for that yeah mm-hmm. yes yeah. okay all right so lukewarm as far as <laughs> overall happiness with the show <laughs> <laughs> the same temperature as a tauntaun ah. all right so we have well, right now there's a different, I know I keep bringing up the Marvel stuff. I can't help it. Sorry. I still like Marvel. <laughs> I watch Marvel stuff right now. Disney plus has got what if going on the two episodes that they have out right now. It comes out every Wednesday. I tell you guys, if you're any fan of Marvel and you haven't watched these yet, watch it. It's a great spin on your normal 
uh, Marvel timeline. It's very well done, very well created, uh, very well animated too. The show looks great. So um, I highly recommend that you guys watch the what if on Marvel. And I think that is going to be something that's going to continue on. They got plans for that to just be a regular, uh, regular show on Disney plus. Hmm. Yeah. It's got I labeled believe. as two seasons too already. Yep. At least, so, yep. So there's that to hold some of us over, <laughs> but I got some stuff written down because, uh, you, you mentioned we're getting more star Wars. Mm-hmm. Well, now that, now that we're at the end of August, we're getting some new star Wars news. Yep, that's where I was going to next. <laughs> Very good. Let us know what's I, coming. I can't tell our, our podcast listeners unless they're already looking at our Instagram. Have no idea, but you're behind a giant box, so we can't, we can't see you right now. But uh, I didn't want you to look at my pretty face. Uh, you. Well, thank you. You're but welcome. you know, where, where do people go to when they want Mandalorian season uh, three news? They go to Moff Gideon himself, Giancarlo Esposito. So he, so if you really want to know what's going on, follow him on Twitter. But he confirmed, and Carl Weathers confirmed, season three will be starting to be filmed next month, which is only a week away. So September, uh, season three of Mando is going to be starting filming. And I believe they're going to, I don't know how much they're going into it, because I think uh, Pedro, they're filming the Last of Us show right mm-hmm. now. Mm. So they're going to start filming without him. But he's still in the show, so that's the only thing that's really been yeah kind of mentioned out. So, but that that's exciting. So Beneficial that when you play a masked character, exactly. with two stunt right. doubles, yeah, <laughs> exactly. very much so. Yep. So I know a lot of people are wondering, like, oh, when are they going to start getting filmed? Well, now now we're getting there. So, uh, yeah, and I still believe it is targeted for late next year yeah. or about the normal time, October, November. God, I can't wait. Yeah, I know, right. It's too oh, long. It's too no. long. It is. It yeah. Is. I agree. But, but just next week, unless you, you had something else. No, no, no. Go okay. ahead. But next week, we get the uh, Disney Gallery uh, with season two finale episode. Yeah. Which yeah. They, I don't know if you guys saw the, the I thread, did. but I, I yeah. text out they released a little minute long uh, yep. sizzle reel of it. And Holy jumping. Just mm-hmm. seeing Mark Hamill moving in that his outfit and Filoni talking mm-hmm. and, oh, man. Yeah, we'll get a quick behind-the-scenes look on. The I wonder how long that's going to be. Yeah, I, it, it could be long. I yeah. mean, <laughs> I hope it's an hour. Yeah, at least, yeah. So, um, but no, the, I, I know we're all excited about that. I'm sure we're probably going to talk about that. When, I think when it we happens. should. Yeah, I think we should. Um, so, you know, we are the Mando show. So yep. mm-hmm. Super excited for that. I mean, all all the going back to Disney Plus. In my opinion, all the Disney Plus docu series have been outstanding no matter what you're watching either mm-hmm. assembled gallery the frozen one i mean they've all been good imagineering stories so. yeah yeah they all give you a deeper appreciation of mm-hmm. what's been done and how they did it and all that stuff yeah so and highly recommend to watch all those absolutely and also speaking of trailers we got the official trailer for star wars visions oh yeah which comes out <laughs> september 22nd and well, uh Derek, oh, I, I know you, wait, my wait, god <laughs> i am so excited about this Holy moly. I can't. It looks so amazing. It looks so amazing. Yeah. I'm going to be jumping up and down every single. What is it? Like uh, nine stories? Is that what they said it was? Seven. Seven. Oh, no, 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 they no, said no. seven it's studios. Stu- seven oh, studios, nine, nine, nine stories. stories. Nine Pay attention, stories. fellas. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and I'm kind of curious. Have you, have you talked to Phil? Since? I have not. Oh, I have okay. not. Um, I sent him the trailer again, and he actually... I should look at my phone because he, in typical Phil fashion, left me a nice, long, 
response about his feelings because he's very. Why are we? Why are we talking about? Because he's a big anime guy like you. So him, when I told him okay. about about that, uh, about it coming, he was like, "Oh, is it going to be what they'd done before? You know, they kind of just took um, a new hope, whatever, and kind of put in that style." And I go, "No, no, no! This is what they did." And I gave, I showed him the trailer, and he was identifying all of the different houses going oh they're gonna do that oh like he got really excited and you know for phil to get super excited about something is kind of a rare thing <laughs> so i was like okay cool yeah, yeah I, I think it looks amazing the i mean the music that they picked was awesome for this the uh, uh one of the scenes that really stood out to me though is the one where i think it looked like a little kid she's being chased she's on a speeder and it looks like they're they're going over ice then she jumps off on it Spins around and starts running, but she's like running on ice and pulls out and cuts the one chasing her with the lightsaber. And of course, the umbrella lightsaber. You brought mm-hmm. that up, but I thought it looked badass. <laughs> I, I'm excited. I cannot wait. Yeah, me yeah. neither. It all looks amazing. Every bit of it. And I saw the one trailer they put out first where it was the, the Japanese language on it. Yeah. And then they put out, which still was great. Thank and you. And then uh, they put out the other one that had the English dub on it, and it was still great. So, no, yeah, thank you. You reminded me because we actually. StarWars.com printed out or a uh, a list of uh, oh, yeah. voice voice talent that's going to be in it on the English one. So I don't oh. know. If you want me to go through that real quick? Or sure, why not? Sure, I got to find it real quick. Is so. it anybody that we know? Yes. Then I guess so. I just know I'm really excited about these <laughs> stories coming out. They look great. I've always been a fan of anime and. The fact that Star Wars is now going to be done in that style, just, I mean, I couldn't have ever imagined that happen. So It's I, always been kind of disappointing that they've never used anime for a Star Wars story, especially considering George Lucas took so much right? inspiration from Akira Kurosawa. Right. And it's like, it's the perfect medium to tell a Star Wars story. Absolutely. Animation in general is, but... Like, you can step away from the 3D Clone Wars style animation and do a 2D anime of star wars and people are gonna watch like may, let these studios pick up some stories and do them as a series like don't don't don't, don't just tease us with this you know <laughs> well you know the only the only underlying concern i have is with disney being disney or can be disney how much control uh did they exert over what the houses did i'm i'm curious i'm, I'm hoping that they it feels like they did, um, you know, they just let them go. But we all know that with a huge uh, franchise like Star Wars and a company like Disney owning them, that isn't always the reality of it. So that is my only concern. It looks amazing. Um, I think they're going to go. I hope they just let them run. I'm pretty sure that the people who are doing these stories are as big a fan of Star Wars as anybody else could possibly be. And the last thing they're going to want to do is do anything to change canon or change how something works in the Star Wars universe. I don't think they're going to try and do any of that kind of thing. I think they're going to stay within the set parameters of what Star Wars is and then just blow your socks off with a new way of telling the story because they are that kind of creative and I'm, I'm super excited. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think that Disney had to sit there and hold it, hold them in a choke, choke collar you know and, and keep them from doing anything i'm pretty sure that they were very respectful and um did stayed within the star wars galaxy canon so 
Well, no, that 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 isn't that wasn't my point. My point is is that I I, I fully I fully agree with you that the anim, the the people creating that are huge and watching the trailers they're talking about their love of that and how excited they were. That is not what I'm talking. I'm talking about Disney the corporation pushing down on them and not letting them go and tell a full uh, story in, in the way they want. That is what I'm talking about. I don't think the storytellers and, and the animators themselves are going to do anything to to uh, bad content. I'm just more, that was my only concern, just knowing Disney being a corporation and how they can be with I, their content. I, from, from what I've heard from the certain sites, uh, Star Wars Newsnet, was, uh, they're, they're talking this. Anyways, uh, Lucasfilm gave uh, the animated studios like, you know what? This isn't canon. Do your story. Okay. Have fun. Okay. And that, so that good. apparently that's what we're getting. Okay. Good. So, uh, so I'm just going to name. I'm not going to name the entire thing because each one's a different uh, episode. But I'm just going to kind of mention some of the actors that I've heard of at least or know. But the duel is going to be the first episode. And um, I haven't heard of Brian T. I don't know if you guys know, but his his character is Ronin. We are getting a Star Wars Visions Ronin graphic novel after the season comes out. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it's based on him. But there's a bandit leader voiced by Lucy Liu. And uh, I don't know who Jaden Waldman is. Next episode, uh, Tatooine Rhapsody. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in there. Bobby Moynihan, uh, SNL alum. Tamora Morrison as Boba Fett. Nice. And uh, Shelby Young, and I don't know who the next one is. Uh, Next episode, The Twins has voiced Neil Patrick Harris and Allison Brie. Yep. So interesting, awesome. Yeah, and I don't know anybody for the next NPH. <laughs> yeah, NPH. Mm-hmm. So I don't know anybody for the next two episodes, which is the Village Bride and the Ninth Jedi. I don't know the next one. But Ooh, Seven Samurai Story, Ninth Jedi, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but a what? few episodes it down, full circle. Now? <laughs> this one's called The Elder, and it has its voice uh, talent is David Harbor, is from uh, Stranger Things and uh, Black Widow, mm. and uh, Jordan oh, Fisher. Yeah. He's from Hamilton. And James Hung, isn't that the guy from Big Trouble in Little China? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he plays the elder. Okay, I probably I probably can just from watching the trailer. I know yeah. exactly which one that is. Yeah, the so. evil little old guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's so good at playing a little evil old guy. He really and is. So he then, is. then awesome. uh, some other voice characters that I'm not too familiar with, but I mean, those are some pretty big names I think uh, throughout the season. So mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cool. Yep, that's awesome. Oh, I'm even more excited now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And if you're excited, I'm excited. We got one more bit of news. Not really news, but what is it? It's August 21st. So there's a pretty good chance that a Taika Waititi is actually writing his Star Wars story right now because he has confirmed that is his next project. And he is currently what is? Taika Waititi's uh, Star Wars movie. Oh, okay. So You know, to totally supersede Taika Waititi, I want to give a shout-out to my daughter. It is her birthday today. Hey. Happy birthday, sweetheart. Love you so much. Hope you have a great day. She's with her mom, not with me. So I've already texted her nice. and talked to her. But anyways, just Happy wanted birthday. to say it again. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Jeez, nice, uncle. Be any more excited? <laughs> I was waiting for everybody to finish when they sucked all. No, I'm kidding. Whatever. <laughs> there is one more piece of news we can talk about. I know we don't like giving... Um, like these really backwater comic book websites, any credit when it comes to their announcements and news. Um, but this time last year or the, about this length away from Mandalorian season two, we were getting a lot of articles about tomorrow Morrison being cast and Rosario Dawson being cast. And we were all like, eh, like we don't trust these sources. Let's wait. And then it ended up being true. And now all these sources are saying that they're currently casting for live action Sabine. Yeah. Yeah. 
So. And the other rumor. That's not surprising. And then the other rumor is a Thrawn. Mm-hmm. That one's been floating around for yeah, a while. Yeah, and and apparently I'm gonna I'm gonna keep on keeping my eye out and see if there's gonna be more coming. But that got me like because the thought was from the room again. Just go to the rumor and take it as it is as a rumor. Um, that Filoni and Favreau are both involved with the Thrawn thing, and they're like, we want Ezra, we want that, and they're and they're calling it Rebels 2.0 or 3.0 or something. And like that's that. for Ahsoka's the Ahsoka show. Where we'll tie into that, yeah. Yeah. So that would be great. Um, the other r- real, real quick, I want to give a, a cool little thing for for Gina that her uh, project has come out, and so I'm happy that uh, she's moving forward with her thing. Um, I'm waiting. Um, I'm interested to see uh, how that project works out. So more details on her. So yep, good for her. Yeah, good for her. Revenge thriller. Yeah, is <laughs> what it is, and she's going to play a strong, independent woman, which I'm like, good. Perfect. It's, I think that's the only thing she knows how to play. And good. That's all she needs to play. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. She can do whatever she wants. Thanks for giving her permission. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Like she needs it. Well, guys, uh, I'm knackered. Anything else? That is all I have. All right. Udi, Chad. Good. Not good. Not a. All right. I'm done too. So that was it. Bad Batch season one all wrapped up and over with. We are going to watch season two. I haven't given up hope. Never do because we're still watching. All right. Well, we're going to have the behind the scenes of the season finale of Mandalorian 2. I believe we're going to get back together and talk about that. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. We'll watch Mr. Hamill do his thing on screen. That'll be great. Yep. And then shortly after that will be the beginning of Visions. And as you can tell already, I am super excited. So we'll be back talking about that too. All right, guys. So that's it for us. From this clan of four, I want to remind you all, this is the way. This This is is the way. way.